Yeah, because before that was kind of like I heard like Paul Krugman saying like we can have nice things, you know, but I didn't really know how we could have them. Nah. He didn't really explain it. Nah. He didn't he didn't get to the to the root of of why we're having the wrong conversation. Just trust us. We got this. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, we can have nice things. And that mm-hmm. was it. Wow, like, just... you don't need to understand how, but we can do it. Mm-hmm. But Stephanie Kelton's book, like, r- explained it. And I know she's, like, she's explaining it purposely in layman's terms. And that's good because that makes it, like, um, just makes it more accessible. That's the word. Okay. It's, it's more accessible. So it just really, it just, like, really clicked Welcome to Activist MMT, a podcast about nonviolent MMT direct activism, introducing modern monetary theory to the world and conversations about learning MMT together. I'm your host, Jeff Epstein. Today I talk with first-year MMT activist Katrina Pilver about how she discovered the importance of economics and then MMT in her unusually intensive and ambitious journey to learn MMT more deeply. Katrina and her partner own a soul food restaurant and ice cream truck in Connecticut, the former which they opened with her father-in-law in 2014. After the Supreme Court made George Bush Jr. president in 2000, Katrina became disillusioned by politics. That changed upon the shock of witnessing Donald Trump become elected president in 2016. In June 2020, she watched a debate and discussion including T.I., Killer Mike, and Candace Owens. It was there she got her first exposure to economics as a tool of politics. In other words, a tool to manipulate others out of power in order to increase your own. At the suggestion of rapper Killer Mike, the first economist she looked into was Thomas Sowell. Sowell is an alumnus of the Chicago School of Economics and two of his primary influences are Milton Friedman and Friedrich Hayek. Katrina and I spent several minutes gushing about Killer Mike, who I had the privilege to briefly interview at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. I was a state delegate for the Bernie Sanders campaign, and he was a surrogate. Katrina eventually entered the term economics into a search engine for podcasts. The first result that struck her was Pitchfork Economics with Nick Hanauer. While working long shifts at her restaurant and no customers to disturb thanks to the health crisis, she binged on the podcast with a speaker in her apron pocket. The first economist that appealed to Katrina was Paul Krugman. She felt he was different because he offered hope that nice things are indeed possible, 
nice things like healthcare, education, clean water, and a livable planet. What she didn't understand, however, was how these things were possible. And so she purchased Krugman's book, Zombie Economics, in order to figure it out. She was unsuccessful. A later episode of Pitchfork Economics featured economist Stephanie Kelton. For the first time, Katrina felt not only hope, but actually understood herself exactly how it was possible to have nice things. She immediately ordered Kelton's book, The Deficit Myth, and while waiting for it to arrive, listened to every Kelton lecture she could find, all from her apron pocket. Stephanie Kelton's lectures and books served as the major turning point in Katrina's understanding. She has since consumed an extraordinary amount of content in the past several months, which is the major topic of today's episode. You'll find links to several of the sources from Katrina's journey in the show notes. Finally, Katrina and I met in a Facebook group called MMT for Newbies. It was created in early 2021 in response to its sister group, Intro to MMT, becoming extremely active, now with more than 6,000 members, and perhaps less of an introductory group than it once was. I've been a moderator of the Intro group since September 2020. Both groups are excellent, and if you're on Facebook, I highly recommend you join both. MMT for Newbies is specifically for questions, and only approved, experienced, and patient MMTers are assigned to answer those questions. Links to both groups can be found in the show notes. You can contact me on Twitter or Facebook, and you can email me at activistmmt at gmail.com. If you're enjoying Activist MMT even a fraction as much as I enjoy creating it, and if you're safe and secure and happen to be lucky enough to have some public deficit kicking around in your pocket, I hope you might consider becoming a monthly patron of Activist MMT. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get exclusive content and updates, several days of early access to every episode, and for some, super early access, weeks, and sometimes even months in advance. You can start by going to patreon.com slash activistmmt. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Whatever you can afford, I would be very grateful. Thank you. And now, on to my conversation with Katrina Pilver. This is part one of a two-part episode. Enjoy. Uh, so what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah, there's my first alarm. That's for you. Uh, so what's going on? What are you doing? Not much. I just, um, I am taking a little break from my restaurant and we do ice cream and like vending trucks. So mm. I kind of needed a break from that. And so I just closed down and I've just been basically trying to send out emails to everyone, like every school, every, uh, staff member I can find in any school in the area. I'm just sending emails, letting them know that the trucks are up and running if they have any functions or anything. Hmm. So if you were in the area, you'd be getting an email, <laughs> whether where, you wanted it or not. Where do you, where do you, where do you live? <laughs> I live in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Uh, like eight years. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just, it gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like no matter what happens anywhere else, you can always just throw some ice cream in that truck and go out and make a few dollars. And you have lots of ice cream. And you always have lots of ice cream, yeah. <laughs> That's also a benefit. What do you do during the colder months? Oh, the restaurant right now. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice just to do stuff in the summer and then not do anything in the winter. But but, but we have the restaurant. Usually the winter, fall is like the busy season for the restaurant. It's a soul food restaurant. So, mm. so it, yeah, we just kind of switch over to that. Wow. So you, it's your restaurant. Um, I opened it with my father, my, not my father, my boyfriend and his father. Mm -hmm. We opened it together in 2014. Okay. And um, he passed away, sadly. Oh. But I kind of, uh, I don't want to say I took over. Like, my boyfriend still works there, but it's not, he, he likes to do more with the ice cream trucks. And he kind of like buys and sells like restaurant equipment, the trucks and stuff like that. I mean, mm. we do a lot of different things, but okay. But I, I'm usually the one that runs it, the the restaurant, it's just by a, default. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know if impressive is the right word, but it's kind of in, uncommon to like have a business with someone that you're in a relationship with. So obviously, you guys are pretty. I don't know if discipline is the right word, but you guys, you know, you can balance business and, and personal. Yes. Yeah. Usually people are surprised that it sounds weird to say that I do it all with my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and good. but yeah, but yeah, it has, hasn't been any issues. That's great. With that. How long ago did your father-in-law pass? Um, he passed away. I want to, I'm, I'm not sure the exact year. I want to say it was 2015 or 16. It was, it was very soon after we opened the restaurant. Oh man. So that must've been like you, you thought you were going to be working hard and then he passed away. And it was like, in addition to mourning, it's like you have all this extra responsibility. Yeah. It was kind of, um, I mean, it was kind of not nice, obviously, but it was one of the things he had always wanted to do. And my boyfriend kind of helped him fulfill that like last wish kind of thing. And I mean, not that he knew he was going to pass away, but mm -hmm. it was one of the things he always wanted to do. So in that regard, it, it gave, it gave my boyfriend, I think a sense that he helped his father fulfill one of his dreams. That's good. How long did he get to enjoy? The uh, like a year. That's good. Yeah. That seems substantial. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Katrina, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to hear your story. Uh, why don't you please, uh, could you introduce yourself and then why don't you get right into, uh, you know, your life and thinking before you ever heard of MNT. So thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So my name's Katrina Pilver and I am in the food service business. I own a couple of businesses with my significant other in Connecticut. Um, before that, I worked in retail for a long, long time. I worked like in stores. I've done, I've sold knives. I've done all types of retail related things before I became self-employed. And prior to learning about MMT, I 
I didn't give a lot of thought to economics in general. I thought like most people that I run into that um, taxes pay for spending. So anything that the government wanted to do to help people, they had to collect the money first from the citizens. And I never gave a thought as to where money originated or the history of it or anything like that. So, so that's my thinking beforehand. Okay. I, I kind of was in the same boat like before Bernie and I have a feeling Bernie was part of, you said 2016. So I'm presuming like Bernie, um, like how much, so you were thinking about economics at the time somewhat. I wasn't, but- I, I wasn't thinking about politics before 2016. I mean, since, um, the, the first time I ever voted was when they had that issue with George Bush in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not vote for George Bush. I voted for the other guy. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was kind of like jaded by the whole experience. So I was like, you know what? It's, it's rigged. And I never voted again until this most recent election. And in 2016, I just thought it was kind of like a joke. I was just like, this guy's not going to win, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then when he won, I was like, what's going on here? I was like this, I mean. Oh, Trump. Yeah. Like, and then I started to notice like so many different contentious ideologies competing and people saying stuff that I was like, I need to figure out what's going on here. You know, like what, what has happened and what's having such a profound effect on everybody's ideologies and what's going on in everybody's lives and just trying to like even have a sense of empathy for people that I didn't agree with to try and figure out where they were coming from. So I guess that's when I started paying attention to politics again was after Donald Trump was elected. Okay. I, when you said 2016, I assumed you were talking about Bernie, but you were actually talking about Trump. Well, yeah, see, I wasn't really, I wasn't even really paying attention to it until after he was elected. Because I was like, he's not going to get elected. You know, people are going to pick the most, uh, you know, the person with some experience or whatever. And that's not what happened. Right. So okay. so that's when I was like, I, I became really concerned, I guess. Until that point, I kind of figured that no matter who they picked, it wasn't going to have much effect on my life. Okay. So talk about, you said competing ideologies. What were what were um, Okay, so like a big one for me is like universal health care and things like things like that, where it's like everybody's going to benefit. And even though you're going to benefit from it, you don't want it because you feel like something is going to be taken from you. Even though at the end of the day, you're going to benefit more than anything would be taken from you, like trying to wrap my head around why someone would be opposed to something like that. And um, this is before um, understanding MMT that you're thinking. This is before understanding MMT. Yes. Yeah. Why would, even though you're going to benefit more, why can't you see that you'll benefit more than anything that could be taken from you? Okay. Okay. And where did that lead? Uh, I, well, I started paying more attention to politics and there was a lot of like misinformation out there and people talking about fake news and I'll, you know, I'll give it to them. Like there is fake news and misinformation being spread. So trying to kind of like keep an open mind to bias being out there and misinformation, I started to pay more attention to politics and I started 
instead of like watching the news, I started listening to like C-SPAN radio mm. so I could like hear the actual people oh, talking in the hearings. hearings. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I felt like no matter where you get the news, they would like just take little clips or they would spin it however they want. So I was like, I'm just going to get, uh, you know, listen to it from the source. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my boyfriend actually is the one who introduced me to that, Hmm. to to C-SPAN radio, because he he would always tell me things like he would know all these like little intricate details of stuff. He'll be like, and. In 1996, so-and-so said this to, to that guy about the thing that nobody knew about. And he learned it all because he was, like, watching C-SPAN on YouTube. He would, like, sit there and watch these, like, hours and hours-long hearings. Mm. So when I realized that there was, like, a C-SPAN radio app on my phone, I would mm. just start – I just started listening to, to C-SPAN at work on the radio. So it kind of, like, started there, I guess, with me starting to, like, pay more attention to politics and stuff. And then – um, sometimes that would get boring, you know, or there wouldn't be like any, there wouldn't be like an exciting hearing to listen to. So <laughs> I started looking for other podcasts and I came across, I was listening to like some about, um, like the constitution. Like there was a good series that was like about the constitution and well, about actually, amendments. Actually, let me interrupt regarding po- podcasts before we get to that. Um, like I was thinking like you were, you were saying C-SPAN or whatever. And I was like, even C-SPAN has some serious bias. Even NPR has bias, yes, serious yes. bias. But then, you know, you listening to hearings is like, that's obviously not biased. Like you really, I don't, I, I never would have thought of that. I yeah, like the people of, speaking can have a bias, but at least you get to hear exactly what this side is saying and that side is saying. And then you have to like, sometimes they say things that you didn't realize were a thing, you know? And and what, it, I mean, that's that's like the most pure possible way to do it that's actually a little that's actually surprising like of course that's the best way to do it is to actually just listen to what they actually say yeah they're biased but but that is there's that's primary source um so instead of bias it was now a challenge of did you actually understand what they were talking about um that's like that a lot of times i'll listen to stuff and i won't understand what they're talking about which i think is like a good tip for like newbies like don't be don't be like um like overwhelmed or put off by that if i hear something and i don't know what they're talking about then i'll go and try and figure out what they're talking about you know mm-hmm. i'll be like oh that's interesting i hadn't heard that before let me go and look up if if this is true or not or how this works or mm-hmm. whatever so you were picking up tiny little pieces and gradually you started like understanding it more generally yeah yep um, it's just like, I didn't want to be fooled kind of, you know, like I wanted to make, I wanted to make sure I was forming the opinions on my own and not, and not just like leaning one way or the other, because that's what I saw on like the channel I was watching or whatever. And that uh, I knew that the person actually said it. Cause I heard them say it myself. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's, I've never heard anyone say that. And yet it's like so obvious. That's just like, listen to what actually happened as opposed to the reports of what actually happened. And of course, of course, that's a more pure way of, of understanding what's going on. Yeah. And it's great because if you are, I mean, of course, like I'm still going to listen to, you know, news podcasts and whatnot to find out like what's happening day to day because it gives it to you in short clips. But then if you hear something, you can go and like look through C-SPAN and see if there, 
if there's a hearing about it or if they're talking about it. You know what I mean? Usually you can find like the full audio of the person somewhere so you can hear the whole thing in context. And and in addition, when you listen to the news, now you're going to even hear, you're going to hear the bias more clearly because you know what they actually are reporting on. Yep. Yep. That's pretty cool. All right. That's pretty cool. So you were talking about podcasts. So, yeah. So I, I, you know, sometimes I'd get a little bored with like C-SPAN hearing. So I'd, um, (laughs) (laughs) so I think I was just trying to get like a grip on like history of the history of the country and like the constitution and all that. And I was listening. So I, I listened to some podcasts about that and I don't remember exactly when it was, but when I realized that like I had to economics was it like played a big part of it. I never realized. I mean, and economics is like an all encompassing thing. How did you, and I know you're about to talk about the the podcast that you, that you, you know, you let you listen to, but like, how did that hit you that, okay, let me, let me just, how did I realize that economics was, was important. Yeah. So like for me, it was just, for me, it was basically like my introduction to economics was Bernie's 2016, how are you going to pay for it? Nonsense. That was my introduction to economics. And it was like, okay, so we should have all these things. And then for the next two years, I was like, why don't we have them? Why don't we have them? If we should have them, then why don't we have them? And that's what led me to MMT. So I'm, I'm curious of how did you know that economics was an important topic to begin with? I mean, I guess I would have to say the same thing. I mean, I didn't pay a lot of attention to Bernie, to be honest, although my mom wanted him to win in, in uh, the 2016 election. But I just, I wasn't really paying attention then. But after the election is where I, I feel like it's, I'm in the same boat as you. I just saw everyone saying how, like, we couldn't pay for it. And like, you could see that they were doing these type of things in other countries, you know, and they were fine. The taxes were higher, blah, blah, blah. So it was always about like taxes. And um, if you take the taxes from the rich people, then they won't make jobs. And like this whole narrative Mm -hmm. that was out there. And it's like, okay, so it's about money. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's, everyone's talking about how it's going to affect the economy. So economics has to be like basically behind everything. Mm. Okay. And I don't know, I wish I could think of like the exact moment where I was like started looking for economic stuff. But the only thing that I could really think of is that one day I was in the restaurant and I was like, I'm, I'm going to find a podcast that has to do with economics. So I don't know if I just typed in economics or or what it was or you know what it could have been. I have a Facebook friend. This is what could have did it for me. I have a Facebook friend. He's a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And I have like I'm able to have civilized discussions with him. We agree on some stuff, not everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask him questions like I can't think of the exact topic, but like what do you what do you think of this or that? And he posted an article from FEE, which is like, an it's like freedom, econ, I don't know. It's like a libertarian based economics site that okay. to me, they kind of put out propaganda now, like thinking back on it. Mm-hmm. But I started following it because he posted an article and I thought it was like an interesting point of view. So I just started following the page So they would post articles and people would be in the comments and they would be talking about like 
oh, what paying people to do nothing, you know, like other people's money, all the like tropes that you always hear. And I was like, okay, well, these people, they would talk about things like technically, like they would use like technical jargon. And I'd be like, okay, so it seems like these people like kind of know about economics and they, maybe they know what they're talking about. Cause like, I don't really. So I think it was from there that I was like, so all the reasons behind all these political choices is to do with economics, obviously, because that's why these people here are saying that we can't have nice things. Right. Because because you're stealing from someone or whatever. That makes sense. And I was like, but I don't understand like half the jargon they're saying. So I was like, I need to like find the, the, the thing with the site like this are people that like follow this propaganda or whatever these tropes they they complain a lot but they never offer any solutions Mm -hmm. so I was like okay let me see if there's anyone that has any solutions so that's I think that might it might have been something like that that started Mm -hmm. me thinking that it really has to do with economics and like the solutions have to be they have to involve economics Mm -hmm. they have to be like an all-encompassing uh it has to be like an all-encompassing thing, like economics that affects like every aspect of our society, it seems like. So I was in the restaurant and I just put economics into um, Pandora is where I used to listen to all my podcasts. Hmm. And uh, a bunch, you know, like it brings up a bunch of uh, um, options. And one of the options was called Pitchfork Economics. So I was like, oh, that sounds good. That, you know, that sounds like what's going on right now. So I put it on and it was like, great. It was a really great podcast. I just binged it completely. Hmm. It was like, and it was like exactly what I wanted because they would talk about all the problems and they would bring up all the tropes that I was always hearing. And then they would give solutions and they would talk to like different politicians and policymakers and activists and people who are actually trying to like make a difference. And on one of the episodes, I believe... I believe Stephanie Kelton was on the episode and they like, they would mention a lot of books on this. The first book I got even before that was um, Paul Krugman was on there. So I bought, he had a book called zombie ideas and I was like, well, that's fitting because I feel like that's what everyone's doing is they keep on like saying all these tropes that like don't really have a lot of evidence. I mean, now I know like he also he also is kind of part of that too. Like mm-hmm. he's not um, on board with MMT or anything, but that was like the first economist that I read was a Paul Krugman book. And I heard it on that podcast. Okay. I guess he was the first one that let me like put the thought in my head that maybe these people are wrong. Like, you know, maybe what? they're. Those they, who say that we can't have nice things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they might not be right. So then when I heard the Stephanie Kelton episode, I like wrote down the book title. I tried to find it in the library and they were like, oh, we only had one copy and it was destroyed, which I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a little sketchy. Mm -hmm. Like maybe someone's trying to sabotage this effort. So they destroyed the one book in the library. I don't know. But I just, uh, so I, I ordered it and I went, I found a local bookstore because I've been trying not to order things through Amazon Mm -hmm. and before I got it even, because I, I couldn't find the book, I would find every single like lecture and YouTube video that I could with Stephanie Hilton. Wow, and I just give you a hell of a head start on that. Yeah, so I, I just listened to all of those 
at work. Cause like I'm at work for like 10 to 12 hours a day. So as long as it's not like super busy, I mm-hmm. can just listen. I just listen to whatever I can to like educate myself. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious Do you, do you walk around with headphones or are they in speakers? I, um, it's kind of funny cause it's kind of like loud in there and I don't, the reason I don't use headphones is because the new iPhone I have, it has like this weird port where you have to get like a jack. You have to oh, like, you have to put a jack into the phone and then the headphones go in the jack. And yeah, I, ne- I didn't iPhone. have it. Okay. Yeah. So, and I bought one and then the first day I was using it, I broke it. But <laughs> usually I use a little speaker. It's like a little battery operated speaker or you plug it in to charge it. And I just mm-hmm. put it like in the apron like Uh, near to me so I can hear it as I'm walking around so I like literally walk around with like economic podcasts like coming Coming out out of your belly (laughs) exactly (laughs) but we don't let anyone come in that restaurant because COVID it's like it's contact free you just call when you get there and we put it outside so it's like nobody can the only person that can hear it is my boyfriend and sometimes he'll jump in and start like talking about what I'm listening to Hmm. It would have been a lot funnier if this was before COVID that you were doing this. But. I know it would have been. It would <laughs> okay. have been. Okay. So Stephanie, you discovered Stephanie Kelton. You were watching. Yeah. So, yeah. So I gave myself a head start, like you said, and I like listen. I found all the YouTube videos I can and, and I, um, and then I got the book and I read it and I remember after like reading that book and listening to so many podcasts, I went back on that page that I was telling you about where the were the like libertarian economics page and Mm -hmm. like I saw everything completely different it was like amazing because before I couldn't even comment because I was like I didn't know what I was talking about I didn't know what they were talking about I was just kind of like observing and now I would go on there and I would see an article that was like oh it would be something about the debt like your kids are gonna have to pay for this and I'd be like no your kids aren't gonna have to pay for it like that's not how the federal government spends money they don't take your tax dollars and spend them mm-hmm. and then people would jump on and start arguing with me and some things I still wouldn't know so okay this is when probably around this time that I got into the group the mm-hmm. intro to MMT group mm-hmm. At the same time, when I I started finding the podcast, what I like to do is when I find a new like economist or an activist or whatever it is that I'm trying to learn about, like no matter what it is, even if it's like, like before economics, I was really into like learning about environmental stuff, plant-based eating, like Monsanto, all that. So even before this, if I was interested in something, I would try to find like activists or people related to that. And I would find them on Facebook or whatever. So I could be I could like create a little bubble for myself of things I want to learn about. So when I switched over to like trying to understand politics and the economy, I would start following like people. Like I tried to find Stephanie Kelton on Facebook. And Hmm. so I went to the groups because when I post things on my normal page, like nobody cares. They don't, they don't even know what I'm talking about. If I post Mm -hmm. something about MMT, like most people don't pay attention to it Mm -hmm. unless, I'm like very vocal and kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like only a few people will like come on to argue with me mm-hmm. on my it's own page. Yeah. Unless it has to be controversial or people will just ignore it. Mm-hmm. They, they'll they just scroll by. Right. And I don't, I'm not trying to make it controversial, but once in a while I'll just get sick of seeing people like 
talking about how they're you're spending their money. Like, I hope you're having fun with my money. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's not your money. Just, you know, sometimes I just get aggravated and I'm just like, just stop. Like you're having, we're having the wrong conversation. It's not your money. So I just, um, yeah, but the groups are great because like if I'm in the MMT group and I post something about MMT, everybody already knows what they're talking about and people have civilized conversations and they like bring up different points. Whereas on my own page, either people are like argumentative or they just ignore it because they don't know what's going on. So I went online and I was like, let me see like if there's an MMT group. So I found intro to MMT. I found every group that said MMT, I just joined the group. Uh-huh. So int- intro to MMT, I started following it. I didn't post anything because it was it was like a little advanced. It was like you have to have you didn't have to, but most people there had some prior economics knowledge and I didn't. So yeah, it's not quite I, as intro as, as you would think for someone entering for the first time. Yeah. It was like not intro to M- economics, just intro to MMT. If you already know some economics. Mm-hmm. So, but, so I wouldn't comment, I wouldn't comment, but I would like read the stuff and people would post articles and stuff. So it was still good. But then like shortly after I joined, it had to be only like a week or two after I joined, they made an MMT for newbies page. Whoever made the first page made the other page and was like, if you want to join, just click here. So I was like, okay, great. So I clicked there and that was like the best thing ever because it was like- What a coincidence, you know, to the timing and of when you joined and- Seriously. Yeah. It was like meant to be. So yeah, so that was like it opened. It's like the Katrina, it was. It's been the Katrina Pilver page. It was the Katrina Pilver page. I know. I post. I know. <laughs> I post like every day. But like, it was my great. It was. It was so great because then going back to this, um, the F E E page, I would go. Now I would see the posts and I'd know what was going. I like. I would know what they were talking about, mm. and. If I didn't know or I didn't understand something, I would go to the newbie page and I would ask, I would just ask, I'd be like, Hey, what are they talking about here? Or like, Hey, is this what causes that? And blah, blah, blah. And they would come on and they would like answer my questions. It was Mm -hmm. like, great. And they were like, so patient. Cause Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not in a derogatory way, but I'm like dumb. I don't know anything about economics. So, but you know you don't know anything about it. Exactly. Economics. I know I don't know anything about it. So, so before I go back on this page and, and try and like argue with someone that might be right, I'm going to like dig a little deeper and make sure I understand what I'm talking about. And I don't want to be that person that's just like out there arguing it with everybody, but I feel like I'm at a point right now where I can like let some of that stuff go. But at the beginning, I feel like it's good not to not to argue with people, like not to call people names and say people are stupid, like nothing like that. But it's, it's important to engage with people at first because you need people to challenge you so you can go and then like look it up and learn more and feel like confident because those are the arguments that are going to come up over and over again. So I I remember having a conversation with you about this where it was, I remember saying, I think you should just let this this stuff go it's complete nonsense and you made the point which is a good one that it's like kind of attacking it from both ends it's like for me i'm like just read read the core works of mmt and just learn that and then this stuff will become obvious but it's also good to start from that end to hear this crazy nonsense to you know to to know what to better focus on yeah to know like where is it coming from and what are people worried about and 
And uh, not necessarily that you're going to change their mind, but I feel like on that page in particular, when I first started going on there, the first day I started, like, I would, I would see some people here and there being like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of propaganda, FEE, like, what are you saying? But the first day I went on there and I, and I, like, I challenged, like, whatever the post was about. Mm. And the people were coming on and they were like, you know, like, Zimbabwe, Weimar, Venezuela. And I was like, just like shooting back, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I know what happened over there. This is what happened there. This is what happened there. It's not like the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And they were like, um, quantitative easing and like all these terms that before and like places that I had no idea. Now I was like able to have like a comeback for every one of them. Mm. And it wasn't that like I was shooting people down, but it was more that like, you know, this is a page where there's a lot of people invested in these worldviews that really aren't accurate anymore. When I started to do that, I saw other people would come out and be like, yeah, you know, she's right. Like, this isn't really how it works. Like the people that were like, oh, we're borrowing all this money from China. And then like, I would explain about the asset swaps and people would come on and be like, yeah, you know, she's right. That like, that is what happened. Mm. And, and after that, not saying that I did it, like, I don't know if it's just that, like, this whole thing is coming out in the open so much that like, after a couple months went by, when I would look in that page, now I would more often see people come up and be like, yeah, MMT. I mean, the page is still the same. They still, they still post like Mm. the articles that the propaganda articles, but the people in the comments, you could see there is more, a little more pushback now. So I don't know. It was just great to be able to like know what was happening whenever someone shouts out like Zimbabwe or Weimar or Venezuela. So how long did it take you to feel like, oh, you know, you were kind of overwhelmed at first and then then you started feeling like, what's that, like Neo and the Matrix with dodging all the bullets and stuff? Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it on there. Um, oh, probably. Gosh, I'm trying to think. When did I... I mean, you, you obviously, you, you started, you started learning MMT right around the beginning of this year, right? Yeah. So I would have to like, look when I joined that group. Um, you know what it was, well, it was during COVID because I remember I used to go inside the library and I couldn't go in the library to get the book. So I want to say it's been, I will say like six months to be, to be conservative. So roughly how long did you feel? I, I don't, I don't, oh, before I felt comfortable to like stand to like have an argument without having to like go to intro to new uh, <laughs> MMT for newbies and like mm-hmm. post the thing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, probably a couple, a few months, maybe two or three months. That's pretty quick. But I like, yeah, but I like really immersed myself in it. Like, I don't know that everybody has the opportunity to like listen to podcasts for 10 hours every day, you know? Well, you're lucky to have a job where you get to do that. Yeah, I am. I'm. I feel very lucky. So, what else did what else did you consume? Podcasts and whatever else. Um, okay, so the the um, pitchfork economics that was like the first one, and then from the group, I found um, the MMT podcast with Christian Riley and Patricia Pino, and I'm mm-hmm. actually still on that one because I wanted to listen to it from the beginning, from oh, the wow. very beginning. Okay. okay. So I finally am into like 2020 now on <laughs> there. 
I listened to a few episodes of your podcast, but I, I intend completely that was going to be the next one that I binge. Yeah. I heard about the other one first, and then I realized that that there was an activist one, because I and I always see you post it, and I really didn't, I, like, took me a while to put two and two together, but I was like, oh, this is the guy from the group. But either way, I was going to listen to that one next. Cool. I just like to binge, because I like to get, like, all caught up. And, like, I'll go back and listen to, like, the new one from the other one, but keep listening to, like, mainly whatever one I'm, like, focusing on. I look forward to your thoughts on it and uh, and your own episode when you finally reach it. Yeah, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So so you were talking about what, what you consume. Like, what else? What else? Uh, I mean, um, you went uh, – this was probably later. This obviously was later. This was much re- more recent. But, like, you – watched a 10 hour or listened to a 10 hour I watched it no I list I I did like a I know what you're talking about yeah the Milton Friedman thing yeah yes. so, so, so like I mean I want to hear that but like I mean you're watching the Stephanie Kelton videos like that that must have been where your head must have really you know switched yeah it was great because it was like yeah because before that was kind of like I heard like Paul Krugman saying like we can have nice things you know but I didn't really know how we could have them nah. he didn't really explain it nah. he didn't he didn't get to the to the root of of why we're having the wrong conversation just trust us we got this yeah he's like don't worry we can have nice things and that mm. was it wow, like just... you don't need to understand how but we can do it mm-hmm. but Stephanie Kelton's book like explained it and I know she's like she's explaining it purposely in layman's terms and that's good because that makes it like um just makes it more accessible that's the word it's it's more accessible so it just really it just like really clicked that the way it is is not the government collects money from you and then they use that to pay for things it's that the government fills like a bathtub and before it overflows it just has to drain some of the water out so it doesn't overflow Mm. it's not it's not taking from it's not filling the bathtub with your money Mm -hmm. which is the way people think of it now okay so yeah like it basically explained how we can have nice things how and that sound we can well, yeah, the, i mean no 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 i'm saying she actually answered how not she just actually that we answered can. how yes like she gave a solution that's my my thing has been that like when i go in these groups and these people are like complaining that they're taking our money and blaming people's joblessness on on themselves and all this other stuff that they're not giving any solutions mm-hmm. they're just complaining okay so so, but yeah, uh, the the Stephanie Kelton book really like it really opened my eyes and it just made everything. It just made the world. It just gave me hope because it just showed that there there are ways that we can help everybody and we don't have to steal the money from other people. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of the like we put too much stock in in the rich. We act like we need the rich people to pay for it, and mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the deficit myth was the big, well, deficit myth and Stephanie Kelton videos 
I think is, is that fair to say that they were kind of the turning point for you? They, yeah, they were definitely the turning point. They were okay. definitely the, what, um, they're definitely the thing that like opened my eyes and made me understand how things really work. And that all the stuff that other people were saying was not based on an accurate description of the way sovereign currency issuers create money. Okay. And Stephanie Kelton's book explained how, like what really happens. And then like I discovered Warren Mosler and Randall Ray and started watching those videos and finding documentaries how did you discuss what what led you to to Warren Mosler and Randy Ray and so on? Um, I think that well, she definitely mentioned it in her book. Okay, like, like she mentioned uh, like footnotes and stuff in the yeah. She mentioned some of it in her book, and then again from the the Facebook page, like the Facebook the Facebook page, the MMT for newbies is like the one of the best resources I think personally, aside from the Stephanie Kelton book. Because mm-hmm. they were always talking about different resources and different people. Mm-hmm. So I would watch YouTube videos or listen to them while I was at work if I couldn't watch them because I was like cooking in the restaurant. So mm. sometimes I couldn't watch it, but it didn't matter because it was basically just a lecture. So I would listen to like the, I would listen to Warren Mosler lectures and him explaining stuff. And I, I remember, um, a lot of the things that people would say when I would like have, conversations with people that didn't agree was that they would bring up like bonds and um, interest rates and stuff like that, which I still didn't really understand even after reading Stephanie Kelton's book. Mm -hmm. Those were like the little details like she didn't put in the book, you know, because then it would make it too confusing Mm -hmm. for people. I I wonder if you read it again. That's kind of, I don't know, like my, my friend, she, she took an interest, you know how they say like, don't try and explain waste your time explaining it to people that like aren't interested mm-hmm. at all but so one of my best friends she did actually take an interest and so I started explaining to her how it works and then I w- and she was like oh she's like oh you know what that makes sense I was wondering how they were able to pay for all this stuff that Donald Trump wanted but yet they would turn around and they would say there wasn't enough money for this thing or that thing Hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? You really need to read this book. Hmm. So the next time I went up that way to visit my family in the area, I brought her the book. She read it in like a week. And she was like, her eyes were open. She was like, this is amazing. She was like putting it on Facebook and tweeting about it. And that's great. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And then last week I sent her, I I, uh, mailed her the case for a job guarantee Hmm. that I read, which is nice and short. Hmm. I read it in like, a day. Yeah. But so like the interest rates and stuff like that, that was like a little bit trickier. So I was thankful for the newbies group because they, they took a lot of time trying to explain it to me. And then also like Warren Mosler has some good videos that explains it. And I haven't read any of his papers because, well, they're papers and I don't like to read things on the computer. So Uh I don't have a printer and I, I would Mm. go to like, I would go to like Staples and try to print it out and it would say it was like $60 and I'd be like, oh, I'm not wow. paying $60 to like print this. I can just like order it. I, I'm pretty sure I could just order it online. So, but I have a stack of books now to read. So I, when I get through these, I plan on ordering some of his papers to read. Hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I saw in your, um, your talk that you're doing, your video, oh. 
I saw you have a lot of good um, resources and I want to like read all of them. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, uh, my answer to presentation. Um, yeah, actually, uh, there is one Warren Mosler paper in there that he wrote with Matt Forstatter that is only it's only eight pages. And it's it's pretty it's it's an it's it's the paper that I recommend as an introduction for people who know nothing. But it's an academic paper. Is that and, it, the... and actually it's it, it, and the natural rate of interest is zero. Oh, so okay. Actually, yeah, it's yeah, about, yeah. It's about interest rates. Okay. So yep. that's that, I, I need to read that definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that that I would definitely that that I recommend pretty much above all else is the And I have rate. like a base understanding of that now just from all the podcasts and lectures and stuff I've been watching, mm -hmm. but like to see it in writing where you can like read it and reread it is is really beneficial to me. Have you read academic papers at all? Um, not a lot. I'm trying to think. Like I had, the only one I remember printing out was there was a paper about taxes. And I, this might have been before I discovered MMT. Like I was trying to figure stuff out. And there was a paper that had to do with like taxing the wealthy and how the wealthy avoid paying taxes. And that was like the only actually like academic paper. I remember I like went and printed it out and read it because uh -huh. I was trying to, I was just trying to figure out and I didn't know even where to start. <laughs> All right. Well, I just said, I'm, I'm sure I've sent this to you before or mentioned this to you before, but I have, I have a list of like seven or eight MMT okay, awesome. academic papers uh, that, that are for people that know nothing, but they're academic papers. Okay, and they're cool. like, like really amazing introductions. And the first one is that natural rate of interest is zero. There's a, a really good one by Pavlina that has nothing to do with economics pretty much. It's just how horrible unemployment is. Mm -hmm. um, so that if, if you want to start, you know, academic papers that are not overwhelming or intimidating or too long, that's a really, really good list. I okay, cool. Send it in Facebook. Yeah. And I kind of read, um, I, it wasn't the actual paper, the seven, what he calls it the seven innocent frauds. Seven deadly innocent frauds. Of yeah. I, I didn't read the actual paper, but I feel like there's kind of like a consolidated version of it somewhere that it's I read. It's a book. It's a 60, yeah. 70 page book. Yeah. Like, that I, I definitely want to get that book, but like, I kind of like the points, the talking points, I guess were in there. And I mm -hmm. remember posting that to my own page because that's like a lot of stuff that people, you know, the misconceptions. Sure. Okay, so you're just listing off stuff that you've done. So, like, work your way to Friedman. What else? What else struck you? Or if you oh, want to okay. talk about Friedman himself, I I posted a an article from the Harvard Crimson, and it was called "The Myth of Taxpayer Money." Mm. And it was one of these days where I was just I was just tired of seeing people complaining that people that they look down upon were spending their money, their tax money. And, and I was seeing it like all over the internet, like uh, all over Facebook, people complaining about like the stimulus and all this stuff. And instead of starting arguments with people and, and trying to like, just sometimes just, you know, it's like writing a letter and then like burning it. Like you don't, I don't want to argue with all these people individually, but I was like, 
I was, uh, I was just a little fed up this day with it. So I went to my own page and I found an article that explained it. So I wouldn't have to write out cause no one's going to listen to me, you know, mm-hmm. cause I don't know anything. And I, and I put it in there and I wrote, usually I don't even write anything. I'll just post articles that I can use for reference or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on this day I was like fed up. So I actually wrote like, you're not paying for blah, blah, blah. Your kids aren't paying for it, whatever. I wrote that. And then my friend jumped on at some point that this is like my childhood friend. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't you understand inflation? <laughs> it's going to devalue the currency if you print it. And it's like, it's like, it's like a pull toy. Yeah. It's, it's she, like just random. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, just read some, she was like, you need to read some Milton Friedman or some Thomas Sowell. And, oh, geez. and to be honest, before I, discovered the mm before i discovered mmt i was actually i did go through a little thomas soul like phase because wow. i mean he was you know he's like a highly revered economist and it's like okay let's see what this guy has to say you know what i mean i'm he's, pretty sure he's a he's a student of milton friedman if i'm correct i believe so yes or I don't know if he's a student of him. I think they were contemporaries. I feel like I've seen them together. No, mm. I don't know. But, they, but, they, but they, they say the same stuff, basically. Yeah, they basically say the same stuff. Yeah, so I, I was watching his videos. And the, the thing about him is, like, he knows a lot of history. Like, there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of good videos of his about history, about the history of different things. And I would listen to him sometimes talk about economics and, like, go to like the Hoover University page or whatever and listen Mm. to his point of view. And that was before I discovered MMT. So like I was familiar with him and what he would say. And then, so Milton Friedman, I know was like even a bigger name. So I was like, you know what, let me, um, like I know who he is, but she says like, let's read Milton Friedman. And I was like, let me, like, I want to be open-minded. And I want to also understand where these people are coming from, where they're getting their ideas. So I was and this like, is you know, what you just did. You just did this. I just did this like a month ago. Yeah. The the Milton Friedman. The Thomas yeah. Sowell was like a year, maybe a year ago. Before or you two, knew him. Or even two years ago. This was the Thomas Sowell thing. I guess I kind of start, I didn't even, I don't know if I even realized he was an economist at the time. Mm-hmm. But that was when I was starting to like try and figure out what was going on. Sure. in the world. After sure. Donald Trump was elected, I started looking at, I t- started listening to Thomas Sowell and, um, and a bunch of other economists. Actually, you know what? It's really funny. I just had like a flashback to where I maybe started thinking about economics more. There was, so before the election happened, it could have been like a year before, before the, the current election Okay. There was um there was not a, there was like a debate. It was it was like a debate in the hip hop community. It was like um Candace Owens was there and oh, like TI and um Killer Mike and there was like this big debate. It was like and one of the the guys on there, his name was Killer Mike. He's like an activist. Oh my gosh, Killer Mike was a huge part of the Bernie campaign. I interviewed him for like ten. Did minutes. you? I oh my god, that's him awesome. Do you have yeah. him in one of your podcasts? No, no, no. Oh, I, that's I, awesome. I, it was not about economics. I was a Bernie. I was huge in the Bernie campaign. I yeah, mean, so huge. And, and I and uh, uh, I was a delegate for him at the convention in 2016. And 
Killer Mike was was there, and I actually actually what happened the brief diversion here actually what happened is Jordan Chariton was outside, and there was a there was a delegate only event, and so pop press wasn't allowed in, and Jordan Chariton and I were talking, and I said I'll take your phone in, and so I took Jordan Chariton's phone in, and for like an hour, I was a TYT correspondent. Oh, that's and, amazing. And and I interviewed Killer Mike. I was like in awe. I was like, <laughs> so. That's like so awesome. Yeah. I was totally not expecting that you to say that. <laughs> yeah, it had nothing to do with economics. I had no, I had no clue of economics or, or MNT at the time. This is 2016. But I interviewed Killer Mike. Thank you very much. I'll, I can send, I could put the link. I'll show you. Yeah, that. yeah, you should. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I was... Yeah. So I was watching that. I don't know what it was exactly like what I don't know what you would call that, but it was just like a public debate. Like Mm -hmm. they were debating who they thought like people should vote for or whatever. Hmm. Um, What a range of people. Candace Owens all the way to Killer Mike. It's like awesome to horrible. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a bunch of activists on there. And so, yeah. So Killer Mike really struck me as like knowing what he was talking about. You know what I mean? He's just like. He was like, he seemed like pretty open-minded, like he was giving everybody a chance, but he was like, listen, you guys need to read these economists. So he was like, you need to look into this. You need to like educate yourself. Hmm. And he gave a list. And I think at the time I, I could go back at some point and like see when this was, because I posted it on my timeline, which I post way too much stuff. So I'll probably never find it, but mm-hmm. I posted on my timeline. What's your name? Killer Mike. The I posted the the thing, the YouTube uh, video, the like caucus or whatever that they did. I posted I posted the video and I wrote out all of the names of all of the economists that he said to to research because I was going to start researching them. And I oh, think I really that's, know. I, I think who. that's where it might have started from that. So he didn't know. I totally forgotten about that until this point. (laughs) Wow, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's when I started looking up. I I started looking into. I um, I don't even remember who they were now, but I I remember at one point I put one of them into the podcast things, and I was trying to I was trying to find him talking and at that time I was also trying to like dig into the history of like the Black Panthers because they did a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. and so it kind of like went hand in hand some some of the economists he mentioned but that I feel like that's where I really started to like figure out that like economics has a lot to do with what's going on mm-hmm. wow cool did you follow so you didn't know Killer Mike out for the from the Bernie campaign no, because I didn't pay attention to politics. <laughs> oh, wow. He, I mean, even 2020, even 2020. In 2020? Um, you, it seems like you didn't. He was. I he, didn't know he was a, I didn't know he was a Bernie supporter. No, I didn't. He was a surrogate. He was not just a supporter. He was a big active part of the campaign. And in fact, the best part, one of the best parts of 2016 was his, what was it? six part, maybe hour long or two hours long total interview with Bernie in his barbershop. Oh, wow. That was one of the best part. That was one of the best parts of the campaign in 2016. And the best moment of the campaign in 2020 is his two minute video. And actually, if you want to take a brief break and watch it together while we're doing that, I mean, I'll record, I'll record and get your reaction, but we can like watch it together. It's only two minutes long. It is a, is a campaign commercial 
Um, and and I, I can just leave it at that if you want to take a, a brief diversion and take a look at that. Yeah, cool. Okay, so hold on a moment. Let me get, let me get the link. Oh, I wanted to get it up there. Okay. Are you ready? Oops. Yeah. All right, ready? One, two, three, play. I just want to say one of my favorite writers growing up was a man named James Baldwin. And I remember Baldwin saying, you ask my father to wait, my brother to wait, my uncle to wait, how long must I wait on freedom? How long must I wait on rights and equality and liberty? And as a black child, that resonated with me because I knew I had been denied and I personalized that. But as I grew, I started to understand poor white people have been denied. Women have been denied. Gays and lesbians, transgender people been denied. Immigrant children been denied. Everybody outside of that 1% has been denied. So I want you to take a few seconds to look to your left and look to your right. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the time is now. There are more of us. We're stronger. We will wait no longer. The time is now. When you go to that booth next year, I need you to carry in that booth the memory of this room. Black, white, straight, gay, men, female. We are together. We are united. Our time is right now. We will not wait four more years. We will not wait 20 more years. We will not wait two more presidents. We will not wait three more presidents. The time is now. The time is not in the future. The time is not some abstract time. The time is not something that might be. The time ain't something that could be. The time ain't nothing that should be, that would be. It ain't tomorrow. It ain't the day after. It ain't coming next week. The time is. The time is. The time is. The time is. Senator Bernard Sanders will be the next president of the United States of America. Thank you. That was great. Yeah, gives me chills every single time. I mean, it's that's amazing stuff. That's a, that's that's killer, Mike. Did you know that's yeah. out of him? No, I didn't. I never knew that he was part of Bernie Sanders' campaign. Oh, I never. Was, yeah, he was I don't even know how I didn't know that after. You know, I don't know. I stopped. Like, well, they didn't show that on my timeline. <laughs> Is that you know what I mean? Isn't that mm -hmm. one of those things that should like show up in people's timelines or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I encounter. I mean, I'm in, I was in some a bunch of private message groups of Bernie supporters and activists and so on. So I probably saw it. You know, yeah, well, I mean, that's a great, like, ad. Where did they show that? Did they show that, like, on the news? I, I mean, you know? Who knows? I've, I've, Who never knows? Seen, I've never seen it before. And I don't, right. and I don't watch, I don't, I stopped watching the news on TV, too, to be oh, honest. So if that's you. where they show it, I wouldn't have seen no, it. They wouldn't yeah. show that on the news because it's too powerful. Anyway. No, yeah. Yeah, no, or, well, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that really, that. That is the campaign for me. That is that. And anyway, I'm so glad I brought up Killer Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's just 
he's wonderful and his and his one song i only know one of his songs he's you know i mean obviously i'm sure you know he's a rapper he has one, i know that and i don't know any of his songs either i, I only know one of them and it's a I'm, really really I'm good sad, one i'm sad to say but he's a very he i mean he just seemed like a really motivational guy that like knows his stuff when, well, when when I saw him afterwards, you can watch <clears throat> this. This is the one song that I know that is really amazing by him. Okay, and you so. said that you have you had an interview with him, right? I did. I'll send you. I actually it was for TYT, so I'm pretty sure I can find it somewhere. But yeah, but, I would love to watch actually, that sure or listen or listen to it rather. I want to um, with my boyfriend too because it's not. I it's think- honestly, it's not. I mean, the interview is pretty. It's pretty. Uh, what do but you still, call I'm going to be like, this guy interviewed me, and he also interviewed Killer Mike. Yeah, there you go. We're going to okay. listen to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'm a, I'm a little bit fawning. <laughs> um, so I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So back back to MMT. So you were talking about Friedman. So uh, you were talking about, yeah, so just if you can. Yeah, so since my friend, well, you know, like if you want people to be open-minded to you, I think someone said this to me in the group once because I was like, uh, at like whatever groups that, oh, the Cato Institute. They were like, oh, here's an article from the Cato Institute. And I was like, oh, the Cato Institute. And they were like, well, you know, you have to keep an open mind because we expect them to have an open mind. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I'll read the article. So. You know the Cato Institute, right? I'm pretty sure. The Cato Institute is, yeah, the Cato Institute was, um, it has to do with like James McGill Buchanan and the whole it, it was neoliberal created, movement. It was originally called the Coke, the Coke something. Oh, the, right. The original just, name, I think, was, was the it? Coke whatever. It yeah. is created by Charles Coke. I just finished reading Cokeland like two days ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I know I mentioned this, and, but but uh, democracy and chains. That's what I read I that. Yep, oh, I read, read it. Wow. I, yep, I say it was suggested in the group, the newbies By group. me. By me. And, uh...
Today I talk with first-year MMT activist Katrina Pilver about how she discovered the importance of economics and then MMT in her unusually intensive and ambitious journey to learn MMT more deeply. Katrina and her partner own a soul food restaurant and ice cream truck in Connecticut, the former which they opened with her father-in-law in 2014. After the Supreme Court made George Bush Jr. president in 2000, Katrina became disillusioned by politics. That changed upon the shock of witnessing Donald Trump become elected president in 2016. In June 2020, she watched a debate and discussion including T.I., Killer Mike, and Candace Owens. It was there she got her first exposure to economics as a tool of politics. In other words, a tool to manipulate others out of power in order to increase your own. At the suggestion of rapper Killer Mike, the first economist she looked into was Thomas Sowell. Sowell is an alumnus of the Chicago School of Economics and two of his primary influences are Milton Friedman and Friedrich Hayek. Katrina and I spent several minutes gushing about Killer Mike, who I had the privilege to briefly interview at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. I was a state delegate for the Bernie Sanders campaign, and he was a surrogate. Katrina eventually entered the term economics into a search engine for podcasts. The first result that struck her was Pitchfork Economics with Nick Hanauer. While working long shifts at her restaurant and no customers to disturb thanks to the health crisis, she binged on the podcast with a speaker in her apron pocket. The first economist that appealed to Katrina was Paul Krugman. She felt he was different because he offered hope that nice things are indeed possible. Nice things like healthcare, education, clean water, and a livable planet. What she didn't understand, however, was how these things were possible, and so she purchased Krugman's book, Zombie Economics, in order to figure it out. She was unsuccessful. A later episode of Pitchfork Economics featured economist Stephanie Kelton. For the first time, Katrina felt not only hope, but actually understood herself exactly how it was possible to have nice things. She immediately ordered Kelton's book, The Deficit Myth, and while waiting for it to arrive, listened to every Kelton lecture she could find, all from her apron pocket. Stephanie Kelton's lectures and books served as the major turning point in Katrina's understanding. She has since consumed an extraordinary amount of content in the past several months, which is the major topic of today's episode. You'll find links to several of the sources from Katrina's journey in the show notes. Finally, Katrina and I met in a Facebook group called MMT for Newbies. It was created in early 2021 in response to its sister group, Intro to MMT, becoming extremely active, now with more than 6,000 members, and perhaps less of an introductory group than it once was. I've been a moderator of the Intro group since September 2020. Both groups are excellent, and if you're on Facebook, I highly recommend you join both. MMT for Newbies is specifically for questions, and only approved, experienced, and patient MMTers are assigned to answer those questions. Links to both groups can be found in the show notes. And now, on to my conversation with Katrina Pilver. This is part one of a two-part episode. Enjoy. 